this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true and living God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Get to know more of God's word and wisdom for your life as you listen to Pastor Elliot Nee Lante Lante. Now, here's today's message. Amen. Tell somebody, I'm glad to be with you. Type and tell three people, I'm glad to be with you. Wow, glad to be with you, glad to be with you. Tell the person is going to bless us mightily today. Going to bless us mightily today. Hallelujah. Amen. You can see that we have a few people with us and gradually, gradually thank all those who join us today in singing. God bless you. God bless you. Wow. Yeah, and the instrumentalists also, we have quite a few people with the camera and all that. And uh, we really thank God for what he's doing. Amen. So today we'll be, we'll be hearing from one of our brethren. Wow. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Um, and I was telling my wife, anytime I jump in to wherever he is, he's preaching, I just love to just listen. And um, it's been an interesting preacher for me. Hallelujah. Yeah, one, of, one of the sons of the house. Hallelujah. Amen. So let's put our, our hands together for our brother, Albert. Albert. Hallelujah. Bring us God's word. Amen. Shall we pray? Shall we pray with him? Father, we ask you for your blessings over him as he brings us the word. I pray, O oh Lord, that you would speak to him. You would minister through him to us. Lord, make our hearts fertile. Open our hearts, O oh Lord, and our minds to hear from you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Wow. It's been, I think, four months. <laughs> yeah, finally I'm here. <laughs> finally. Amen. All right. So, um, thank you so much, um, Pastor Elliot, for this opportunity. I don't really, I don't at all take it lightly. Amen. Yeah. When I received the call, I wasn't really sure. <laughs> yeah. But we thank God. Um, today, we are going to learn something interesting and then um, thank him for starting the book of Philippians with us. And it's been amazing so far. How many of us are enjoying it? Yeah. I've been so much blessed with the Bible studies, with everything. Amen. Yeah. So today we are still going to, in the same light, finishing up the chapter one. So if you have your Bibles, I hope you're not under your blankets. <laughs> yeah. Get out and sit at, I mean, sit up. Philippians chapter one, verse 27 to 30. Philippians chapter one, verse 27 to 30. I'm reading from the NIV. Here it says that whatever happens, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, whether I come to I come to see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit, striving together as one from the faith of the gospel without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a life worthy of the gospel. And then Philippians is one of the 
joyful epistles Paul wrote. He was really um, joyful when he was writing it. From the verse, chapter 1, verse 1, you realize that he was praising the people. He was glad with the news that came with Epaphroditus. And then here, he started, he, he, he changed it a bit when he got to verse 27. He started talking to the people of Philippi that whatever happens, whatever happens, that is a bold statement Paul made. It means that whatever thing that follows, whatever thing that follows, it is the most important thing to do. Whatever happens, it means an all-encompassing, whatever thing he's about to say, encompasses what? One thing. Whatever happens, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel. And he's saying that, I mean, we read earlier on that he believes that he'll get out. But here he's saying that whatever happens, so whether he comes to you in Philippi, or he doesn't, or he just hears of you as he heard from Epaphroditus, whatever happens, he wants you to do one thing. For me, it is, it is more or less like a summary of our whole Christian work. Whatever happens, conduct yourself worthy of the gospel. And then here, Paul is painting a picture, as, his, um, as he always does, to the people of Philippi, that conduct yourself in a way, manner, in, in a way worthy of the gospel. He used that picture, and then when you I mean, study a bit of the Greek, what he actually meant is that be a citizen. Be a citizen of the gospel of Christ. You know, the, the people of Philippi had... Um, it's, they, are, they, they are now a colony of Rome, um, Rome and they, though Rome is miles away, they are now citizens of Rome, and then they, are, they have a bit of privileges, I mean, I mean, just like maybe you have American passports or whatever. So they, 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 were, they, have, they had a lot of privileges, you understand? So Paul is saying that whatever happens, now you, you guys have this, I mean, you have this privilege, but he's tuning their focus to something that they should be doing. Don't focus on the fact that you are now a citizen of Rome and you enjoy their privileges. But remember, he says in um, Philippians chapter 3, verse 20, that our citizenship is of heaven. So he's fo- um, refocalizing their, their attention on something that their citizenship is not what? On earth, they should be more of a Christian than a Roman. Like you're telling me, I should be more of a Ghanaian. I should be more of a Christian than a Ghanaian. Hallelujah. So this is the whole concept Paul was trying to let them know. And then he used the word worthy. And then you realize that, of course, worthy not meaning that they actually deserve the gospel. But worthy means that now that they are in the kingdom of God, there are some things that need to show. You know, in Christianity, we do not praise I mean, I mean, we do not uh, praise um, cleaning up the outside of the, of the vessel and leaving the inside. It's an inward, outward something. Amen. So now you believed and then you, are, you belong to this kingdom, the kingdom of Christ. So he's telling them now, live a life worthy, a life suitable, a life that, that, that gives a picture that, hey, this guy is from the kingdom of God. Just as when I see a Zambian, just by talking to the person, I know that this girl, this person is Zambian. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I realize that he, he, I, I, I'm really fascinated by the same phrase again, whatever happens. So 
it, it just makes us understand that the world is filled with ever-changing and fleeting materials. I'm sure the phone you're using now, five years, that's five years, two years to come, you, <laughs> it might be outdated. The world is constantly changing. Gone with the days where Nokia 3310 was like, like, was so fly. <laughs> yeah, we were playing the snake game on it and all that, but now there are other, other things to do with phones. So these things are changing, but Paul is saying that whatever happens, the good, the bad, the ugly. So two things can happen, something good, something bad. I don't know for you, which, I, I, don't, I don't know which one would be very difficult to live a life worthy of the gospel when you're in something bad or in something good. Mostly when, when we are in something bad, we run to God. Yeah, when the result is not really nice, we start to fast and pray. Yeah. Let's, let's read something from Genesis. I mean, I'm sorry. Deuteronomy. Moses was telling the people something before he, would find, he finally departs from them. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Say something. Mostly we do forget. Verse 7 says that. Let's start from the verse 7. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 7. Be careful to follow every command. Verse 7. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land with brooks, streams, and deep strings gushing out of the valleys and hills. Wow, that's amazing. A land with wheat and belly, vines and fig trees, pomegranates, olive oil, boy, there's everything, and honey. <laughs> a land with bread, a land where bread will not be scarce, and you will not lack nothing. So they have it in abundance. It goes on to say that a land where the rocks are iron. Wow. And you can dig copper out of hills. When you have eaten, he's telling them, you know, Moses, Moses has encountered God and he's not going to the promised land. God told him that he will see it, but he will never get there. So this is his final, you know, wrap up for them. When you get there, this is what you're supposed to do. And it goes on to say that when you have eaten and you are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Go on. Verse 11. Be careful. Yeah, some of us. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God failing to observe his commandments. Most of the times we do forget when things are very good. When you get that boyfriend. Like, when, when, when you, like, of a sudden, the word does not exist again. <laughs> yeah. When things are really nice, when you are passing, you are going through school as if exam does not exist. Do you remember God? <laughs> Live a life worthy of the gospel of Christ. So Paul constantly reminds them here that they should live a life worthy of the gospel. And I want us to, he goes on and he, he details it. What will help us to know that you're actually living a life? How do I do this? How can I live a life worthy of the gospel? 
Yes, I know, sometimes things are difficult, but at least just give me a hint. And Paul did not hide it. Here it says that, so we are, we are, we are we're just treating how, or the indicators, the indicators of a life worthy of the gospel. The first one is, we are still reading the same passage. Let's go back to our passage in Philippians chapter 1, verse 27. Let's start from the, yeah, verse 27. Whatever happens, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel. Then, whether I come to see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm. The first point here is to stand firm. Amen. To stand firm. <laughs> you know, mostly we lose our guard, as I said, sometimes when things are bad. People, when things are bad, they sometimes draw away. But mostly when things are good, and we begin to draw away from God, as if God does not exist. Most of, this, is, this was the main issue God had with the Israelites. They were crying in Egypt when God saved them. And God brought them finally to the promised land. They brought in foreign gods. Because they are comfortable. Now Paul is saying here that we should stand firm. You know, this paints a picture of the olden days um, Spartans, yeah? And then they um, I, I think some of us have seen the movie. They were fighting against the Persian army, 300. So there were 300 um, armies of Spartans. And then they were interconnected. This is how they actually defeated the Persian army. They actually you know, fought the Persian army for days. Because it, it was so not imaginable. But Persia was really, I mean, the Persian empire was really huge. And then these 300 men, they stood firm in a position of defense, interconnecting their shields like that. 300 men, they, they held this army, the Persian army. In, the, in those days, when you have 300, it's like it's nothing. Remember God told, um, God finally used 300 men to save the, um, the Israelites from the Midianites, right? So it's like 300 is nothing. But they stood together because they were interconnected. They stood firm. And they resisted this Persian army for days. They stood firm. They, st they, 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 stood, they stood true to their core values. Some of us just... A guy just laid in your DM and then you've forgotten the Bible. Like, nothing, like, it's gone. You've lost, you've lost everything. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, the, 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 um, I had a story where in the UK, um, the student flats, they actually have, um, you know, um, uh, listen, it's an apartment, but then again, what divides the rooms is more, it's not really like a concrete, so it can be folded so that the whole you know, apartment can be more or less like an auditorium for parties, yeah? So, <laughs> so there were, they, they, I mean, one time, they actually, um, you know, opened up, I mean, it was just one nice party they were just having, I don't know what, what it was, but they were just having this party, and then one girl just got into the elevator, I mean, she was coming back home, because she lived in the apartment, and then she got there, and then she just quietly, hairs on the floor, she just entered the room slammed the door behind her, and that was it. So the guys came to the organizer of the party. Like, that girl too was, you know, you understand? Like, she, you understand what I'm saying? So she was nice, and then the guys wanted the organizer of the party to, I mean, invite her. You've invited all of us. Why didn't you invite her? You understand? So the guy was like, <laughs> you guys, you don't know. She's a Christian. And they were like, ah, what are you saying? We, we are all Christians. I mean, Sunday, after yeah, Sunday, we go to church, and everything. And she says something. I mean, he, I mean, he said one thing. The organizer says something. He said, no. 
This is a real one. Can that be said about you? No, she, the, the party was in her house. <laughs> Some of us, we walk miles to parties. <laughs> yeah, we walk miles, we take taxis, but we never take taxis to come to church, but we take taxi pay. Nine tariff. <laughs> she is a real one. Now, it's very sad that we have to even qualify a Christian. Now, for me, according to the Bible, it's either you are or you are not. You can be partying on Friday, Saturday, and fresh up, and probably you are seated, you are, you are seated, you are watching me right now, on Sunday. Paul is telling us, live a life worthy of the gospel. She is a real one. Are you a real one? A real one stand, like defend, stand to his or her grounds and defend interconnecting the shield. It's like resisting what is coming. Stand firm. Are you standing? Wow. So he goes on to say, stand firm in, in one spirit, striving together, striving together. You know, the dictionary says, I mean, defines strive as to make a great effort to achieve or obtain, or obtain something. We don't strive by sitting down and crossing our legs. We strive by rolling up our sleeves. It's work. It is work. Most of us in our towns, in our various you know, towns, there are a lot of things in church to do. There are lots to do in church. Hey. Yeah, I know because I'm there. Eh? There's a lot to do in church. But some of us, even the Sundays, I have to text you like on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday morning, I have to also call you. <laughs> before finally you come. Yeah, before finally you come. And you realize that you are, you are, you are, you, I mean, and then, and then like in this world, really, we can't say we are not striving. We are striving for something else. You know, like the no, no is a yes to something else. When you say no to someone, it means you're saying yes to something else. <laughs> so we say no to a lot of things in church. Yeah, but we follow other things. We see, we see you guys. We see you. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we see you. Yeah. Let me come clean. We see you guys. And then it, it, makes me, it makes me just come back to this scripture. Like, are you conducting yourself? Are you being a citizen of heaven? You know, this thing crossed my mind whilst I was reading this passage this week. It's like, if should, I mean, it would never happen, God forbid, but if they are arresting Christians, do you think they will have enough evidence to arrest you? Wow. Like, like yeah, police are coming, they are coming to arrest Christians, not just any Christian. Of course, they arrest the pastor because they see him on TV. But you, a member... <laughs> You, a member, asking witnesses, people around you, do you think they will give enough evidence that this guy is a, is a, is a, what, a real one? Take him. Or they'll get to you and be like, like, you really, like, yeah, you go to church, it's nice, but, yeah, we are not sure. You, yes, 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 we, we will investigate, you know, you investigate. <laughs> we will investigate into the issue, then later we'll come and catch you. Yeah. Sadly, that's, some, that's somehow 
You know, we can't distinguish. We, we, we don't know. You know, just as I meet a rabbi and I don't have to greet, like, just by the, my, my look at him, I know that this guy is a rabbi. He's a Pharisee. Now, when you, when, when, when you look at a Christian, it's like you have to lean in and ask him, are you a real one? <laughs> so many things are just, you know, there's, there's, there's just a blur line between someone in the world and someone a Christian. So I'm just sticking to the point, striving. Let's do something. I don't know what you have to do, what you, you can do, and you can do something. You can do something at church. You can fix the sound. You can fix the projector. Whatever, the screen, whatever. Just do something. And this, and this is, and then, like, like as I said before, this is what Paul is saying, that if I don't come and see you, do this. Like, if I don't see you again, do this. Do something. Here's a guy in prison contemplating. He believed, I mean, they, I mean, we know that he came out and everything. But the statement means that, like, if he had not even come out, like, this is enough. Stand and do something. And he goes on to say the same point. He says that, I mean, do, do um, strive what? Together, together. So you realize that it's not much about you being the independent guy around or being the snake in the, <laughs> you know, among the guys. Be like a sheep and be among people and strive, I mean, strive what together. So you realize that, I mean, he said, he said something about um, um, Yudia and then uh, Syntyche, that they should, even though they are laboring, he heard that something is happening. Our oh, ladies, something is happening. So they should come back together, even though they are what? They are striving. So do togetherness in what? In striving. Amen. The third point, an indicator of a life worthy of the gospel. It goes on to say that in the verse 28, without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. So you have to do away with fear. That's the third one. Fear is a big one. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's a real, real big one. Fear. You know, but the Bible makes us understand fear is not an emotion. I don't know what the, all the psychology you know, but fear is not an emotion. It's not a mood. Like, it's, it's not, it's not um, I don't know, like a mood swing. No. It's a spirit. <laughs> it's the evil one. Yeah, it's a spirit. You know, Second Timothy chapter, chapter 1, verse 7, makes us understand that we, okay, let's read it. I want us to go there. I know you know, but don't worry. We are all learning. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. Okay. My version says that, okay, Second Timothy chapter 1 verse 7 says that, for the Spirit of God gave us, uh, the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid. In other versions, they say what, I'm fearful, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So that means if you have fear, okay, let's, let's just, this Bible study, simple Bible study. If you have fear, you will not be able to love. I mean, you're not able to have power, which you need for the gospel. You'll not be able to have love. You'll not be able to what? Be self-discipline. You know, the Bible goes on to say that perfect love casts away all fear. So you realize that we are fearful 
when we are running away. So um, in the Garden of Eden, God came there in the, in the cool of the day, and then he was asking for Adam. And Adam said something that was, when I heard your voice, I was what, afraid, and what, I ran. So fear takes us away from the presence of God. And fear just lets us know that we are not much in love with God. Or we, love talks about a relationship and that our relationship with God should be what checked. Because if you are fearful of the one who is helping you and you are running away from him, that means that relationship, there's an issue with it. Fear. You know, you have to, life is, I don't know, you have to overcome a lot of fears. Let me tell you, for me to be standing here looking into the camera, talking to you right now, already, like, it's, it's, it's a great miracle. I don't... <laughs> I don't really care what you think because people, when, when, when I say this, people were like, like, really, Albert? And that shows me how God has really done it. Hey! <laughs> yeah, those who know me know. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm here talking to you. Like, it's a huge miracle. I was more than Gideon. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, fear. Fear is something, it prevents, you can't be productive when you're fearful. You don't think straight. You don't think straight. You know, um, there's, there's a passage in, I mean, um, 1 Samuel chapter 15 about the first king of Israel, Saul. God commanded him to do something, to go and kill a group of people. You can just read it um, first. Um, you just read one verse. But the whole chapter is, is an amazing chapter. You can just read it. Like, you realize that all the things he was doing, he, he, was, he, he went there, he killed them, he killed some of them, he took um, the sheep, he took uh, the king, Agag, and he brought him and everything. So when Samuel went there to meet him, when Samuel heard it and went to meet him, he was lying. So I did, I did what God asked me to do. You know, sometimes, it, I mean, in our perspective, you are doing the best, but Charlie, you are not forcing. And then, and then, and then <laughs> you know, the sheep started bleating, and then someone was like, oh, so what about those sheep? I was like, oh, I brought them for sacrifice. You know, we are here. That's the altar. And later, when someone told him, that, I mean, how God has been good to him, he said, well, you, were, you were the least, but God chose you. Hasn't God been so much faithful? So when you are contemplating on the goodness of God, the love of God, there's no fear. So you are the least. You were the least. And he says, he says here, let's read it, let's read it first, Samuel chapter 15, verse 24. The verse 24. The reason why he did all he did. Fear. I don't know what you're fearful of today, but God is breaking it away. Amen. Yeah, he says here, then Samuel said to, then Saul said to Samuel, yeah, I have sinned. That's where after, I mean, he, he, his focus has been drawn to the love of God. Perfect love cast away all fears, yeah? I have sinned. I have violated the Lord's command and your instructions. I was what? Afraid. I don't know what we're afraid of. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes we are so much afraid that we don't even know we are afraid. What are you afraid of? What scares you? It just shows that you are drawing away gradually from the presence of God. This is how he lost his kinship. Fear. 
they are so scared of friends. Yeah? What would they say? You know, sometimes, I mean, we are not able to live a life worthy of the gospel because we think, we think oh, um, you know, when, I, when I, I, mean, I start to behave churchy, these girls, you know, like they start to talk. <laughs> you are afraid of what? What people will say. Sometimes it could be our own parents. It could be our siblings. Oh, you so much want to impress someone. That fear directs you. What are you afraid of? I really have to come, overcome a lot of fears in my life. You know, fear, I mean, um, brings insecurities and stuff. You have to. You know, like in psychology, <laughs> you, you, you only have to confront your fears or else it never goes away. Now just imagine if you are, I don't know, you're afraid of heights. After the therapy or whatever thing they'll do to you, you should be able to what? Stand up there and not be scared. The fear is gone because they made you realize that it is not really something that bad. Like it is not, like this thing that you're so much scared about. Is, I, mean, I mean, a fear of a dog, like a cat, something. Cockroach. <laughs> 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 Yeah. So you realize that if you do not realize your fears and address them and come back to the presence of God where you receive boldness, you continue to talk to God from a distance. Now, fear made the Israelites say, Hey, Moses, please go up there. We will be here. Like, we will be here. Just go. Come. Like, we will receive the news. And, you know, you can't really walk with God if you are fearful. Remember what God told um, um, Gideon? When he, he said the army was, I mean, 32,000, yeah? And then one thing, he said the, the army, are, they, are, they are too much. So when they defeat the Midianite, they would think, Charlie, it is their strength and all that. What, did, what, did, what was the first criteria? He said, if you are afraid, eh, please, sincerely, go back home. 22,000. Fearful men went home. I calculated, it's about, I think it's 60, 69%, almost 70% of the whole population went home because of what? Fear. You don't have to be tactical. Just, just be bold and you'll be able to do a lot of things, I'm telling you. What did God tell Gideon? I mean, what, what did God tell Joshua? He said, just be courageous. Or like, like I, don't, I, th- I think God will give him some safe step towards success to fight, whatever. He said, just be courageous. Fear. I really want to address your fears, really, today. Amen. Look into that fear and tell them, Charlie, you don't have me again. Yeah. You don't have me. <laughs> Acts chapter 4, verse 31. Acts chapter 4, verse 31. Acts chapter 4, verse 31. Okay, so it says here that after they have prayed here, a bit of a background where um, John and then Peter, where they were in front of the Sahindri, and then they were, t- they were talking boldly, 
and everything. And then they, they were not able to keep them because they were, I mean, they were not just able to keep them. And then here, they've come back to their disciples and then what? They, they told them what happened. So they were praying. After they prayed, the place, after they prayed, sorry, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And then, what happened? They were filled with the Holy Spirit, which is the presence of God, and spoke the word of God boldly. There were no more fear. They were no more fearful of their threats because they prayed. They were filled with the presence of God, the Holy Spirit, and they were no more fearful. Somebody, if you are just only conscious of the fact that God is with you, you know, in the Greek, it says that, I mean, say that I will never leave you, no, for sake. You say, I will ne- no, never. Like, it's, it's, it's like a double negation. No, never. It can't happen. It doesn't exist. God said he will never leave you, nor forsake you. If you are just conscious of this truth, all your fears are gone. All your fears. You know, the psalmist says in Psalm 23, he said, Psalm 23 verse 4, even though I walk through. So you will walk through. And what will happen? I will fear no evil. Why? Because who? The presence of God is with you. It casts away all fear. Like you, you, you can't be fearful. You know, um, it says that the Bible has um, God saying 365 times that fear not. It means that 365 days in a year, every day, God is telling you, Fear not. He has to say this constantly. Anytime he meets us, he has to say it through the angels or person. He say, "Fear not." First, before he starts, so an actual encounter with God, you, you receive <laughs> a fear not, because he has to chase that away. Because without, if you are in fear, you run, like Adam did. You run away from him. Tell somebody, fear not. Fear not. And Paul is saying all these things to make us know. Paul is saying all these things to make us know. That if there's anything, if there's just one thing we can do, if there's just one thing we should do as a citizen of heaven, not of Ghana, not of South Sudan, is that stand firm. Do something. And it's telling us to fear not. Do away with all fears. Somebody, I don't know what you are so much scared of. I don't know what you are so much scared of. But God is addressing that fear. Yeah. Maybe you are scared to really stand up amongst your peers for God. You don't want people to really know. In your conversations, you can't even mention God. Like, it's so archaic. Yeah. Like, you'll be, you'll be, I mean, you, <laughs> you'll be trending in, amongst your peers just by mentioning what God. You look so churchy. That's the word they use. God is telling you to fear not. And he is with you. 
maybe you have you have fears i mean about your results that i mean about your french year whatever your course you're going to do maybe even in your in your um, um, in, in, in at work you are filled with fear because the boss when he starts he stands bitch charlie god is telling you to fear not don't allow it and know when you're conscious of god's presence with you i mean let's 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 just face it i like to be the bible is not logical but think about it this way think about it this way the all powerful god yeah the god who created the universe when you start, I mean, they say that um, the, 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 the galaxies, I mean, the universe is expanding constantly at the speed of light. He did all this. You know what he told Job? That, were you there? And I was doing this. He said, I am with you. And then an object he created, you are in that object, you are in earth. And something is happening. And then the God who did all this is telling you that I am with you. Why are you afraid? Why are you running? If only we will be conscious of it. If only we will be rest assured. We wake up every day conquering everything knowing that God is with us. That will be the last of any of our fears. Paul goes on to say, Paul goes on to say, go back and let's go back to Philippians. Let's go back to Philippians chapter 1. He goes on to say, without being frightened in any way, in any way, without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you, We are not scared to leave that boy. Like, we are not really scared to tell her to go if she's just really into your relationship with God. We are not scared. Because you know that God who provides will get you another one. <laughs> but I've been frightened by, in any way, by those who oppose you. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed. So Pierre Paul is just saying that the sign to them that will be destroyed, but you will be saved. And this is and that's by God. He is saying that when we stand boldly, just as the apostles stood before the Sahindri, it made them to think about that. Because these guys they've conquered the gospel had helped. I mean, by God's grace and by the blood of Jesus, the gospel has provided for us what something more than that paul said that for me to live is christ and to die is gain so now i know that even death is a gain so i will not be afraid of what people are mostly what scared of so if you are like that and when you don't have any money even on the atm when you go to carrefour boom like blim like you have to go back home and you are so okay happy composed you know like that that i call peace really that is the joy and then joy really in the world makes us, I mean, you, you now have to surround yourself with things. These psychologists, huh? Another, another, another article was saying that, hey, you have to, you know, someone was saying you have to, I mean, the, um, for you to have joy, you have to have um, 
bright colors like rainbows and blah, blah, blah. Like when you just look at them, you'll be joyful. Like bright colors. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you, scientifically proven. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is, this is the wisdom of the world, yeah? But God is not telling you that, hey, let the situation be nice before you can have joy. He, he told us in John 16 that he give us joy that no one can take. Nothing can take our joy. In every situation, we are still joyful. Why? Because God is with us. The psalmist said, you know, Jesus prayed a, a, <laughs> a powerful prayer, and God obviously will answer. In John, in, in John chapter 17, he said, I'm praying not to take them out of the world. The world is full of all this fleeting, whatever, all this trouble. He's, Jesus said he's praying <laughs> that God will not take us out of the world, but rather he what? Be with us. So his presence is what? Always the solution out. So when you stand boldly like that, it makes them think, like, why are you so calm? Like, we've all, we've all not been paid, whatever. We've, we've, I mean, like, we all lost this exam, Charlie, uh, or something. Like, you, you look at the guy who's like, ah, it's like nothing is at stake. Not because he doesn't care. He knows something better. That God is still with him. So to you, it would be a sign of your salvation, knowing that the things they are, submit to, that they are submitting to, the goals, the small goals they are submitting to, I mean, but, uh, Paul goes on to say that their God is their belly, so they do everything to satisfy themselves, but you have power through the gospel over all these things. So they will look at you so composed, and they will ask you, what, what is your assurance? What is your hope? Why are you like that? Don't you care? And now you know for sure that, hey, I am saved. Because I'm not worried about what they are worrying about. But it will make them know that, hey, if we are submitting to these gods, then our distraction is what's eminent. So that was what he was saying here. And it goes on to the verse 29 in conclusion. It says that, for it has been granted. Hey, you know, the Bible, some phrases we just want to skip, but it is there. It has been granted to you on behalf of Christ not to only believe, but to also suffer for him. So Paul is concluding this whole chapter by making us understand that we have to suffer for him, for the gospel, for Christ. You know, Jesus himself, though son, Hebrews 5, 8, he has to what? Learn obedience by the things he suffered. Charlie, if I see Jesus have done something, then you, I mean, just, just think about it. The Son of God has to even what? <laughs> he has to obey. Learn its obedience. By the things he suffered, what makes you think you're different? And um, um, as, okay, as chapter 9, as chapter 9, verse 15 and 16, Jesus was telling Ananias something about Paul. Saul who became Paul. I really, I really, I really say this, that true love is not sentimental or emotional. God so loved the world that he didn't say up there and then use the love emoji. He died. 
God did not leave, use a love emoji up there. He showed it by dying. Acts chapter 9, verse 15. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument. God has chosen you. How many of us know we are chosen? Yeah, we are chosen. Amen. To proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel, I will show him. This is Jesus talking. They're like, don't take Jesus' words lightly. These are red, red lettered. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. I really want to ask you so far, since you became born again, what at all have you lost in the name of Christ? Like, what at all? I'm actually challenging you. Really. You have to lose something. It can't be. I mean, so, like, Peter understood it and was like, hey, like, we have abandoned all these things. Mark chapter 10. He said, so, what is, like, what, <laughs> what is it for us? And Jesus assured him that actually, whatever thing you've lost, you get it back. And he added what? With what? Suffering. With suffering. Suffering is not scary. It produces in us something that we can never get by going through life normally. Obedience. We just can't. It's, it's, it's not genetic. Like, you have to learn. <laughs> Yeah, some things we have to learn. So truly to get with God, get far with him, there is some form of suffering. That's why Jesus said, take up your cross daily and follow me. What is your cross? Oh, you are so much comfortable. Partying, like, as I said before, and still going to church on Sunday. Are you a real one? Because don't you think she wants to enjoy also? I mean, let's be frank. Like, don't you think she also wants to Party small. Yeah. We have to really enjoy if you're single, eh? Really enjoy your singleness. Yeah, really. The gospel gives us power to suffer for him. It makes every situation not so much great. There's nothing too great to sacrifice for God. There's nothing too great. If he didn't spare his only son and he gave him as a ransom, what is too much? Is it your money? Is it your time? Is it your personal life of purity? There's nothing too great to sacrifice for God. I want to just pray for some few seconds. Pray for the Spirit of God. We realize that the Spirit of God gave the disciples boldness. I want to pray that God will give you the strength, the grace, the wisdom to live a life worthy. That when someone sees you, who will not see your nationality here on earth before knowing that you're a Christian, but just by looking at you, just by having an interaction with you, the person will know that you belong to a kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven, the grace, the wisdom, the grace and the wisdom to live a life worthy, worthy. 
And I just want you to pray also, committing every fear. Pray. The disciples prayed. They prayed. They prayed. Don't tell me you have the Holy Ghost away. This is after Pentecost. They still prayed. And they were filled with the Spirit. Again. And the Bible says that they went out preaching the Word of God boldly. There was no fear. They were not scared of anything. It even helped them to share amongst them. To share. Because there was no selfishness. They know God will provide. Like there's no fear that I'll be broke. No. Like they, they just went all out because they prayed. And the Holy Spirit filled them. to be in such an atmosphere wherever you are in your room God is taking away every fear everything that prevents you everything that keeps you running distancing yourself from the presence of God from today you are realizing that God, the God of the universe assured, always assuredly tells us that he loves us and he is with us till the end till the end he said Till the end, he said. May you not be scared Amen. of suffering for, 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 for your Christianity. Suffering, from the, suffering for the fact that you are a Christian. Anything that, that looks like a suffering. Anything that makes, that, 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 that causes you to suffer for God. You are, going it, you are going through it with the strength of God. Amen. Paul has to suffer that shipwreck. Paul's life was full of suffering. And they were there for some reason. I'm telling you, God is helping us to go through every struggle. Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your love and your mercies, Lord. That you'll forever be with us, Lord. We thank you for your presence. We thank you. We thank you, Lord. That you're taking away every fear. In Jesus' name, I pray. We believe you have been blessed by today's message. Connect with Pastor Elliot Slamte on our Facebook page, Family of Champions International Ministries, and join our service live each and every Sunday on Facebook. Now we commit you to God and the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Stay blessed.